Good morning, Rock Point Church. Some of you may not know me. Uh, some of you might, but I'm Dr. Eric Patrick. Um, my wife and I used to, uh, well, she's still working here at Rock Point, but we were here at Rock Point Church uh, for a few years, and, um, but we've been uh, called to plant a church called Harvest Ministries in the Little Elm Arbery area. And so um, I'm excited today um, just to be able to share really kind of what God has been doing. Uh, the last time I was actually here in this building um, in this way was in January. And so it's almost like I'm coming back to give um, an update as to what's going on. Um, but before I even do that, I really want to recognize our dream team, um, the group of people who have traveled from our area to come back in here. So if you can please just stand up for me um, with your families, just want to kind of give you guys just some recognition for what you guys have been doing at Harvest Ministries with us. So thank you all so much. So today, I'm going to really just dive into about what church planting is all about. Um, But first, I really want to start with the word. You know, in the beginning was the word, and I believe that that's where exactly we should start, and that's in God's word. So if you have a physical Bible, join me in the book of Ephesians. Um, It's going to be chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Ephesians is in the New Testament on the right side of your Bible. It's going to be in between the book of Galatians and the book of Philippians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Um, if you have an electronic device, as well as it'll also be on the screen for you to, re- uh, to read along with me. Um, but when everybody has it, feel free to give me an amen. amen. All right. So the word of God reads like this. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I want to title just today's message as Harvest Mode. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us just to come together, um, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a world that truly needs to be reached with the gospel. Um, I'm grateful that you have called my family, but not just my family, but now our new church family and Harvest Ministries and those around us to go, therefore, and to make disciples of all nations. I pray that as we see how we can equip the saints, how we are called to be sent to be a unity of faith, God, I pray that today people can see how we are coming together and expanding your rule and reign in your kingdom throughout the world, near and far. And so I pray that, God, that you decrease me today, increase you, and allow it to be simply an audience of one. It is all about you, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, have your way in this message. And I pray this, Jesus, in your name, amen. So once again, some of you might not know me. Um, My name is Eric Patrick. Um, My wife and I moved here about 12 years ago to the Dallas area. I came from uh, from the D.C. area. She came from Chicago, and um, it it was just a great time. We moved here um, to Dallas, and uh, now we've lived in the Aubrey Little Elm area. And to kind of give you guys a context of where we live and what our plant, where that's at, um, imagine you have Flower Mound, and then you have Highland Village, and you also have Lantana. Um, Imagine that Flower Mound is Little Elm, Highland Village is Aubrey, Lantana is Providence Village, which is kind of where we actually live at, and then 407 or Justin Road is Highway 380. So imagine Justin Road with 50,000 cars going up and down every single day. Like, that's exactly our context. And it's funny because some people are like, oh, you guys aren't quite Little Elm, you aren't quite Aubrey. I know, because we're 380. That's who we are. 
Um, so that's just kind of where we are now. But I worked as a pharmacist for eight years. I was with Baylor, uh, Baylor University Medical Center, now Baylor Scott and White. And then Children's bought out the pediatric facility that I was working at. And after eight years, I felt the Lord call me out of that to take a leap of faith into some business things that I was already doing. I was doing financial education. I was also doing some marketing things, web design, graphic design. Don't ask me how a pharmacist got into teaching about stocks as well as making websites. But that's what happened. And in that process, I replaced about 60 to 70 percent of my income. And so, you know what? Maybe I can take a leap of faith and be home with my family more. We had two small kids. I did it. That was August 19. And then March 20, March 2020 comes around and COVID hits. And honestly, I commend all of the people in healthcare because I didn't have to go in every day in the same way that you did. And I just pray that the Lord has just been with you throughout that time. Um, we, my, my wife and I would actually watch the show The Good Doctor, and one day Hill Harper's character would come home and he would sleep in the garage. And looked at my wife and I was like, "What is he doing?" And she was like, "That's what people, the healthcare workers, are doing during COVID." I was like, "Babe, if I get COVID, you get COVID. That's just what we're gonna do. Like, I'm not sleeping in the garage." But from that, really, just felt the, stir, the stirring in in my heart of like, "Okay, God, like you want." ministry in some capacity. Am I going to teach a Bible study? Is it to be a pastor? Whatever it is. And just really prayed about that. Um, and even sought out wise counsel. I talked to Pastor Ron. I talked to um, Pastor Tino. I talked to Matt Bird, who planted Wellspring Church in China Spring. And honestly, the Lord just really just called me into that saying, hey, this is what I want you to do. I want you to be a pastor and as a vocation. And by vocation, that's just fancy language saying this is your full-time job. This is what you're going to do. Um, fast forward a couple months, my wife actually had a dream that summer about a church called Harvest Ministries. And if y'all know my wife, she's a dreamer. And I don't know how she does it. I think it's a spiritual gift. She can tell you the dream from start to finish in every detail that happens. I don't know how she does that. I don't remember any of my dreams, if I even have them, but she can tell you every single thing. And there was this church called Harvest Ministries that we were just dying to get to. And so this church, I had been reading about passages on reaping and sowing and harvesting, um, specifically Galatians 6, 9, which has become our anchor text for our church. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So reading these passages, and then she comes across a podcast where there was a pastor talking about a church planting network or organization that helps churches in urban communities. And the background logo for this company was the same background on this Harvest Ministries church that she had the dream about. So here we have a church, we have a church planting organization, and we have God's word. And we put all those together. We said, okay, God, this is what you want us to do. You want us to start a church. I don't even know the concept of church planting as a, as a name, but that's what it was to do. We didn't know where, we didn't know when, but we knew just as he told Abraham to go, that's what he was telling us to do. We had already sold our house, we're living in an apartment, and we were just waiting around saying, okay, God, what do you want us to do? And during those, those years, we were trained up here at Rock Point Church. And so I'm going to share with you today essentially what has happened since I was last here, um, even a little bit before January, but what's happened in our area on 380 through Harvest Ministries and with our team. But let me kind of address some questions first before I even get to that. First, the question is, what is church planting? You might have heard that Rock Point Church is in their vision. We want to plant, foster, and adopt churches in the next 10 years. But what is church planting? Well, here's the fancy definition for you. A biblical mandate and strategy for starting new congregations that focuses on the culture of the community and determining the methods and ministry approaches that will best facilitate communication of the gospel. That is a mouthful, and I don't think anybody can remember that. So let me tell you what church planting is at a basic level. It's starting a new work in a new area 
with the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what church planting is. It's a new work in a new area with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're missionaries. That is what we are doing. We are being sent out to do a new work in a new area with the good news. But why plant churches? I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the late, great Tim Keller, um, God rest his soul. But he had an article on his website about new churches versus more established churches. And he said that the average new church, there are new members that come in. 60 to 80 percent are either non-believers that come to the church or they're people who do not currently have a church home. That's in comparison to churches that are at least 10 years of age. 80 to 90 percent of their new members are just transfers from different churches, whether people have moved or a different season of life or whatever is going on. That means that on average, a church plant has six to eight times of new people coming in that are lost or don't have a church home in comparison to churches that are more established and older of the same size. That's a big impact. You know that six to eight times the people that are going to come through our doors aren't coming from another church. They don't have a home in, for whatever reason. Um, he also goes on to say, uh, or the next question is, is why should churches plant churches and why should you help plant churches? So we know what church planting is. We know why we should plant churches, but why should churches plant churches? Why should Rock Point plant a church? Why should you as a member or a visitor or an attendee of Rock Point help plant a church? Well, the Bible tells us that's what we should do. If you've ever read anything in the book of Acts, you have seen it. That's what Paul did after his conversion story. Paul got saved and he went right after it. He started helping to plant churches and he wanted other people to plant churches in those areas. And if you look at it from even a business perspective, think of Chick-fil-A, the Lord's chicken, right? We all love some Chick-fil-A. As Truett Cathy, when he created Chick-fil-A, he's now passed that down from generation to generation in the family business. Now, I know there's this franchise model, right, where you can be an owner operator in Chick-fil-A, but overall, it's still in the family business and it's passed down for generation to generation. Almost 80 years that Chick-fil-A has been around. Well, church planning is doing the same thing. God is essentially the the CEO. He is the, the organizer of all these things, and he's sending us out every generation to start new work. And if you think about if you are, have a business and you want to pass that down to your child after you, that's what we should do. And that's what Rock Point is doing. They are sending out people to plant churches. But now why should you be a part of helping church plants? Well, once again, the Bible tells us to. Jesus says to go, therefore, and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. A disciple is just a follower of Jesus. And if you make a disciple, that means that somebody before was not a follower of Jesus. There's a transformation that has to happen in that. That word make is just, it's a verb that something has to happen. And church planting is one of the best ways in order to evangelize to a community. It's a place where there was no, there was no temple, if you will. Just like when the Israelites came out of exile, they had to rebuild the temple again. And that's what we're doing. We're rebuilding the temple in our Jerusalem, which is 380. So we can reach Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you are a part of this great commission. Now, before I kind of go back to today's passage about how that will lead into some what I call four, plant, four questions for church planters, I want to give you a little bit more information about Harvest Ministries. I've shared about myself, but Harvest Ministries, um, officially Harvest Ministries of Denton County, um, our vision is to see life transformation in Christ to develop godly leaders who harvest ministries where they are. So that means that every single thing that we do should see a life transformation in Christ, develop a godly leader, or harvest a ministry. 
It should do the one of, at least one of those three things. That's our vision of where we are going. If you think of a picture frame, there's a picture in it, and then there's a frame that goes around it that supports that picture. That is the picture. With around that picture, though, we have the frame, which is our mission, our values, our strategy, and our measures. Our mission is to love God and all people while preparing everyone to boldly follow Christ. That's our mission. It's the great commandment and the great commission mixed together. To love God and all people while preparing everyone to boldly follow Christ. That's one part of the frame. Another part is our values. We have bold faith, unconditional love, servant leadership, and kingdom multiplication. Those are our values. And I just preached a message on values about how we as believers in Christ are playing an infinite game. We are going towards eternity while those who are not followers of Christ are playing a finite game. You live, accrue all that you can while you're living, and then you die. It's a finite game. So we cannot have the same values as people who are living in a finite world. If I just take the values from Coca-Cola and Verizon and Apple and say, oh, we're going to be authentic. We're going to be honest. We're going to be accountable. That's cool and great. And and those are great values, but those aren't necessarily always kingdom values. A kingdom value is bold faith. We're going to be honest about that. We're going to be upfront about that. It's kingdom multiplication. It's not just making disciples in our home, in our neighborhood. It's about church planting. So one of our goals in the first five years is to plant a church. That's a part of who we are. It's a part of our DNA, our strategy. Prepare, plant, pour, and produce. We want to prepare the soil by making a great place for people to come in and feel welcome and feel loved. And when they do that, we can then plant the seed that is Jesus Christ by using the word of God to show them all of his glory. After we plant that seed, we want to pour water on that seed so that it will grow. And we know that in growth, there has to be a breakdown of that seed in the ground in order for that growth to happen. And that's what we want to see as we pour water on that seed through Bible study and small groups, which we'll call clusters and so on and so forth. And from that, we will produce good fruit because every fruit has more seeds in it. So those seeds can then, they can prepare the soil, plant the seed, pour water, and then produce more good fruit. And it's just a multiplication process over and over and over again. And so how do we know that we'll be successful in that? It's because we have five measures. We want to glorify God in all that we're doing. We want to gather together in corporate worship in small groups. We want to grow spiritually in our faith. We want to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. And then we want to go beyond and do things outside of the four walls that we're in. That is Harvest Ministries in about three or four minutes. That's exactly who we are. So with that, looking back at today's passage, um, in verse 11, it says, he gave some apostles. Apostles is when Jesus had his apostles, his 12 disciples, he sent them out. So an apostle is just somebody who is being sent. That's what that means. If you're sending, the Greek word is still the same. It's just a different kind of uh, uh, syntax on there. But essentially, it's being sent out. And so we are being sent out. We are not apostles in the way that Jesus' apostles were, but we are being sent out. We are to equip the saints for the work of service. Well, what is the work of service? Well, another word for service is just ministering. Another way of saying ministering is attending to the needs of. So we are equipping those. We are preparing people to attend to the needs of others. And when we do that, we can grow God's kingdom. That's what Paul is saying here in Ephesians, so that we can have a unity of faith that comes in the knowledge of the Son of God. We are coming together in a unity of faith in order to expand God's kingdom. And we are measured by the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. I cannot be measured by my wife's standard. I cannot be measured by a dream team member's standard. I can't be measured by any of your standards. The only standard that I should be measured to is Jesus Christ. That is the standard. He is the standard. And that's what we're doing. So with that, let's get into four questions that essentially that I always get. So I say four questions from a church planter, but really it's four questions that I'm going to get. 
That's really how that works. And I would tell any church, other church planter, you're probably going to get these questions as well. What is it like to be sent? We're talking about, oh, you're being sent out. We have a rock point is our sending church. So what is it like to be sent? Well, I mentioned that apostle means to send. But even though we can't be apostles, we haven't seen the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus in the way that the apostles did or call from a revelation just as apostle Paul was. But that doesn't mean that we cannot be apostolic. To be apostolic just means that you have a big picture purpose. You're pioneering, that you have a a natural inclination to adventure and to do new things. Some people will tell you, oh, you can't see the forest past the trees. Well, if you are apostolic in nature, you see the forest and the trees. God is omniscient. He's all knowing. He knows everything. He knows Eric at age 37 and Eric at age 47 at the same time. So as somebody who is starting a new work in a new area with the good news that is apostolic, I have to understand what's going to happen in five days, in five weeks, in five months, and then in five years at the same time. I'm trying to juggle those things together. Now, not that I'm God by any means, but that's what has to go through my mind as I'm planning that. And for people that continue to be a part of our church, they're also thinking that as well. What do I do five weeks from now that will affect five years from now? That is the way that we have to approach this. You're also responsible for the overall vigor of the church. People are going to look to me on how I treat my wife. How do I treat my kids? How do I treat people that I come in contact with? What am I doing in my daily life? And that then bleeds into developing and maintaining our DNA, our values of who we are. If I don't show bold faith, if I'm not multiplying in the kingdom, if I'm not being a servant leader, how can I expect somebody else to do the same? That is a part of being apostolic. And lastly, you have to be missionally minded. With that, to be sent, you have to be missionally minded, which means you're trying to extend the faith into a new area. And honestly, you cannot be afraid to do the impossible. You cannot be afraid to do the impossible. On on Easter, um, I I had a conversation with somebody back in January of this year, and my wife overheard me in a conversation, and I was telling somebody that we're going to have church service on Easter Sunday. And she put me to the side. She said, Bruh, we having church on Easter? When was you going to tell me about that? I was like, you know now, so we're going to do it. I didn't have the location. I didn't have anything, but I said we're going to do it. And by the grace of God, we had our first preview service, which is kind of giving people an idea of what's to come in August. And I'll share more about that later. Then on Mother's Day, we had our very first baptism. Praise God, as a new church in the area, we had our very first baptism. But before that Sunday, I didn't have a baptistry and I didn't have water. But I told everybody we're going to have one, though. You better believe I did. I said we're going to do the impossible. So that Wednesday, I went and got an inflatable pool from Academy Sports, and then I walked around the school for an hour with the principal looking for a water source, and we finally found one with the help of a couple other people around. And at first, we thought we were going to baptize at the back of the school, but I said, no, God, we got to do it in the front. People driving up and down this highway need to see that life is being changed in Jesus' name right here on 380. And lo and behold, we had our first baptism right under Braswell High School's name. You cannot be afraid to do the impossible. Second, how is a church plant different from an established church? Well, obviously, just look around. We don't have all these things. You do not have the same level of resources as an established church will, which means you got to get creative. There's going to be a little bit more grit up in there, and you have to be flexible. We follow what's called the Lean Startup Method. Um, There's an author by the name of Eric Rise, and he wrote this book called Lean Startup Method. And basically, it just means that you're building the airplane while you're flying it. That's exactly what it means. 
So if I'm flying the plane, hey, babe, I know the, I know the, the, uh, the wings are about four feet long, but I'm going to need one more foot on each side. So can you get on one side? Katie, can you get on the other side so we can get another foot? Because we're going to fall down if we don't do it. Like, that's what church playing is like. You are building it as you go. I don't know how many times we're just, I mean, I'm walking in the service and we're trying, okay, what are we doing for this right here? Like, you're building it as you go. That is just going to be a part of it. There's no real ministries. There's no building. There's no name recognition. There's no money. That's just, that's what you got. You don't have that much. Um, it's funny because there's a, a, a famous church in California by the name of Harvest Church with Pastor Greg Laurie. How many times do people say, are you guys affiliated with Harvest out in California? I'm like, no, but you can still come on in these doors, though. We still got Jesus. We still got Jesus. So we don't have that name to leverage as, as other churches do, as Rock Point. Rock Point's been around for over 20 years now. There's a name that comes with that that you can leverage and people can trust it. But we're starting to build up that leverage. I talked to a social worker at the high school that we're meeting at, and she told me, hey, Pastor Eric, I got a, I got a mom I want to connect you with. She's going through a difficult time. Her house flooded it some, and she just needs a little bit of help. I don't know if you can help her, but maybe you can be a resource or know somebody that can. She said she talked to the mom and asked her, do you have a church home? And the mom said, no, but we're going to this new church that's having a service on Easter Sunday called Harvest Ministries. And the social worker said, oh, that's great, because I want to introduce you to the pastor. Like, our name is starting to get out there, and I just pray that God uses it in a mighty way. Um, every, the emphasis is heavily, is, is heavily on outreach as opposed to inreach. Um, it's heavily on outreach as opposed to inreach. If we are going to have a church service, if we are going to have a Bible study or anything for that nature, we need to have people to be a part of it. So we have to reach out for the people to come inside. Now, I'm not saying we don't have in-reach things, but our focus is heavily skewed on outreach. And lastly, you're typically going to engage with people who are, unsa- who are not saved or maybe there's some church hurt there. Maybe there are just, hey, you know, I got saved. I've been baptized, but I just I haven't been in church in so long. I haven't really been following Jesus in the way that I should. You're going to engage a lot of people like that. And so with that, it means that you're going to evangelize, you're going to disciple, and you're going to do leadership development all at the same time. Okay? You're going to put up pipe and drape, and you're going to share the gospel with somebody at the same time. It just comes with the territory. It's not compartmentalized or it's segmented somewhere else. It's all coming together. So these are things that, that uh, help, to, help to define what's the difference between an established church and a church plant. What are some of the big rocks that I have learned so far as a church planter? And even when I say church planter, if you are a part of a church plant, you're a church planter, okay? It's not just me as the pastor of the church. If you come in here, blood, sweat, and tears, helping out, giving your time, talents, and treasures, you are a new church, you are a church planter. Go ahead and put it on your resume. I'm giving you permission, okay? You have it. But what are the big things? God's providence will always surpass your preparation every single time. As much as I prepare, Pastor Ron's always like, Eric, you're so bright. You put all these things together, and you know this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, you know what? But God's going to tear all that down. He's going to deconstruct all of that and say, you know what? I thought it was cool, Eric, that you wanted to move your family in May of 2023, but I'm going to move y'all in June of 2022 because that's what my plan says to do. I'm going to move there a year early ahead of schedule so that you can now be a part of the community and you can feel their pain. You can feel their trials and their triumphs as well. So you can be a part of it. You can say that I don't live in three. I don't live on Little Elm and Arbor. You can say that I live on 380. I want you to know that through and through. God's providence will always surpass your preparation every single time. 
Secondly, when you think you're not doing enough, just know you're doing a whole lot. And I've come to realize this now that I have to prepare a sermon every single week. Kudos to Pastor Ron and Pastor Destin for preaching every single week. It's a lot. And it's one of the few constants that happen for me every single week. I know Sunday is coming. I got to get ready for that. But that doesn't stop the other things that happen in my life, personally, through the church or whatever that looks like. And all those things change. All those things are very, very dynamic. So when I start to prepare for a sermon every week, I realize that, you know what? I'm doing a lot of stuff. And even when I feel like I'm not doing enough, I'm doing a whole lot. And one of our dream team members, she was here at the last service. She talked to me. Uh, we had VBS recently. And she says, uh, she was like, man, Eric, you know, I feel like I'm not really reaching the kids. And I feel like almost like I'm just stepping outside of my comfort zone. I don't really know what's going on. And is it working with them? And then that Sunday on Father's Day, when we had our third preview service, a kid ran up to her and gave her a big hug. And the kid's parents said, my, my, they don't even hug me like that. What did you do? Like, just imagine when you think you're not doing enough, you're doing a whole lot. It makes a big impact. Thirdly, relationships have the highest return. And I don't want to use this in the sense of a return on your investment. This is in the stock market. But relationships have the highest return. If you love on people, it will surpass anything that you are lacking. If you truly love people, do we have a special needs ministry? No, we don't. Praise God. And I hope that we do one day, but we don't have it right now. But you know what? I'm going to love on your kid, though. I'm going to do the best that I can to love on your child. We don't have all we don't have necessarily a men's ministry or a women's ministry, but we will do things to pour into you in the best way that we can. Right now, we're working to, to build up a, a worship band. We don't have all those things. On Easter Sunday, all we have was music playing and words on the screen. Like, that's what we have. But we're going to love on you. That's what we're going to do. And it, it, it's going to have the biggest return. And lastly, within these big rocks, don't put too much emphasis on things that don't really matter. Y'all know. All the dads in the room, Mother's Day is a big day. They get all the good stuff, whatever that you need. Father's Day, here's that tie. Go about your business, okay? <laughs> so Mother's Day service, everything was great. It went good, had our first baptism. Father's Day, things went in a different direction. The custodian was 30 minutes late for us to get into the school. The projector, imagine if this screen didn't even work. It wasn't coming on. I left my Bible. I don't even know where it was at at the time. <laughs> so I'm just like, what am I doing? And my wife said, sir, relax. Just be here right now. It's going to be okay. And God blessed that. God blessed that where we had five baptisms on Father's Day. We went from one on Mother's Day to five on Father's Day. You can't put too much emphasis on things that just don't really matter. It's all about multiplying in the kingdom. And so now with those big rocks, I kind of want to walk through now what's been happening at our church, at Harvest Ministries. And I know it's, a little, it's been a little bit weird probably for some people because we're having our grand opening, our launching in August, but we've been having service since Easter. So some people are like, are you already meeting? Like, what are you doing? So we did these preview services. But let me kind of backtrack to September, October. Um, this first picture is going to be the uh, Bible study that we were doing. We were going through the Gospel of Mark. Line by line, we did uh, the first half of Mark in the fall and the second half in uh, that winter springtime leading up until spring break. And um, uh, we did that. My wife, she would be with the kids um, inside half of the time, outside half of the time, and they would just kind of reinforce the same lesson or she'd have some lesson for the kids as well. And so we were doing that. Some days it's me and one other person. Some days it's me and eight other people. And then we have some kids. Like that's just, that's just how it works. That's where, that's where we came from. Um, but then we grew and we went into having a harvest festival here. 
in November. It was the same day that Parker Square had its uh, block party. And we had about 100 people came out that day just to say, hey, we want to have, you know, kick it. We had a bounce house. We had music. We had all these different things. And we weren't telling people to come to our church. We were just saying, how can we help make this community better? That was our one question. How can we make the community better? That's all that we're doing. And God blessed us because on that day, the day before, it rained something crazy. I mean, it just rained and it rained. I thought Noah's Ark was going to ride by one day because it just was raining so much. And I got up the next morning and I, was, I walked outside to this grassy area and I did my walls of Jericho walk. I said, Lord, I need you to dry this land up right now. Okay? Part the Red Sea. Do whatever you got to do to dry this ground up right now. And when I tell you there was two parts of land where there was a, a road to our neighborhood entrance in between. On one side, it looked like a swamp. It was so much water. And on our side, when I t- it was completely dry, like bone dry, bone dry. And we just had a great event. The next picture here is a game night in the same month in November. Um, next here in the month of December, we partner with an organization called Love Packs. Um, I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with Love Packs, but they provide uh, food to kids who otherwise might not have it during extended school breaks. So think of spring break, Christmas break, Thanksgiving break. Love Packs provides boxes of food to kids during those times. Um, in Love Packs, they have different regions that kind of serve the different districts. So there's a Love Packs, um, you know, Louisville, a Love Packs, Aubrey, a Love Packs, Denton, a Love Packs, Little Elm. Well, once again, we live on 380. Love Packs Denton services these Dentonized schools, but it's so far away that Love Packs Aubrey's kind of had to take that on. And Love Packs Aubrey is not that big. So we said, we'll help you out. So we took on one of the elementary schools. They had 27 kids. And this is for Christmas break. So that means we needed two boxes because it's one box per week. So we did 54 boxes in our living room with about 30 people at our house for these kids. And then we delivered them to the school. In this next picture, you can see we gift wrap all of the boxes and we put them at the front of the school. Just like this. And so it was, it was great because it took the shame out of it for these kids. We put it, it was next to a Christmas tree and everything. Like it, it was just good. And the parents could come in and they could grab them. And so we learned from Feed the Hunger. If anybody, by a show of hands, whoever has participated in Feed the Hunger here, you know that is a production. Like you got stations and tables, and we just took that and just replicated the same thing. It was about 15 minutes. And my wife was like, you know, we're about done, right? Like we told people we're going to be here for an hour. And it's been 15 minutes, and we finished all of those things. And we'll see how that has even grown in just a second. This next picture here is January. We provided lunch to all the teachers and faculty at Braswell High School. This is actually uh, Dennis and Karen Naylor. They actually go here to Rock Point, and they moved to Little Elm, and they came to help us with these meals. And we didn't tell the teachers, hey, come join our church. We just said, how can we pray for you? And my wife wrote this note with prayers on it that just like when you were in college, if any of you remember, where you'd have your phone number, I'm looking for a roommate, tear it off and kind of give me a call. She made one of those with a prayer on it with affirmations for teachers to get them through the difficult times. And when I tell you I've seen in teachers' classrooms and in in principals' offices and things, those prayers are still on their desk today since January. They're still there. It has a meaningful impact. In February, we started um, uh, doing like dinners. We tried interest dinners, but we got into more one-on-one dinners because I feel like that's my wife and I. That's just more our lane. Like we're going to invite somebody. We do one or two dinners or lunches a week. That's just what we do. And that's just who we are. Um, but we started having dream team meetings where people would come over, hear about who we are. And the first one we had, we had seven people say, I, I want to be a part of the dream team. And since then, it's grown um, um, ever since then. Um, we also had in February, we have uh, this video that I'm going to show here from another packing event that we helped with Love Packs. 
I'm out of step in the ring for the fight of my life in my knees and I strap on my gloves. Boy, I've been prepping since like I was seven and thing is I'm already covered in blood. Walking in love. We On this day, so I told you we did 27 kids with 54 boxes. On this day, we had 70, 80 volunteers come at a gym that we're currently having service at right now. And we did 170 boxes for 170 kids in March. That was across six schools within the Denton ISD Braswell zone. And ever since then, we have, we've taken that on and say, hey, we're going to provide that. And we actually have a partnership now where one of the elementary schools, we're going to provide food to the kids every single weekend starting in the fall. Um, next here, this is in March. So we couldn't get into the high school just yet. It's not cheap. So we didn't want to get in there just yet. And we did a practice set up at a clubhouse by our house. We figured, hey, it's a rectangle. It's going to be about the same size of what we're doing. So let's go ahead and put some chairs in. They were already in this room. We had about three poles of pipe and drape and about four drapes. That's all we had. So we need to know how much more that we needed that we borrowed. And then we set up some speakers in the TV. And we was like, okay, well, we're about to get ready for Easter Sunday. This was preparation for Easter Sunday. This is what it looked like. And, um, and so after we had this, we had a skating event with um, some people from our dream team that we came down to interskate in Louisville and just saying, hey, let's just fellowship. Let's just have a good time. It's not always just about just trying to do work things. Let's really have a good time. And we actually just went skating recently again. So we hope that this becomes a continuous thing um, for within our church. Like, hey, let's all go to interskate, you know, at a certain time um, to have a fellowship time together. Um, then in this is in April. So this was a week before our Easter service. Um, there was an HOA that was hosting an Easter event, and we sponsored the Easter egg hunt. And during that time, my wife had set up some games, like in this next picture here. And as kids were playing the games, we had people who could talk to the people waiting in line and invite them to church the next week. And through those invitations, now y'all remember what the Bible study looked like, right? We had about eight people in there. This was Easter Sunday. Praise God. We had 190 people come to church on Easter Sunday, 190 people, all different walks of life, all different backgrounds. And 49 of that was kids third grade and third grade and younger. So there's a lot of need for children's in our area. It's it's a huge need. I think, honestly, half of our church is kids like it's got to be half. Um, so, so this was Easter Sunday. Here's another picture of us praying together. Um, this guy is Dr. Cooper. He's a chiropractor in our area. He actually was going on a mission trip to Jamaica. So we got to pray over him and commission him. So our very first Sunday, not only did I preach on what is the gospel from Galatians one, but we sent out a missionary on our very first service ever that I wanted people to know exactly who we are and what we stand for. This is exactly who we are. This is some picture from children's um, Pastor Tino's wife, Esmer, and we have Tyler and Kelly there. This was in the, uh, the younger kids area, um, birth to pre-K, which that's a, that, hey, that's a struggle, y'all. We, we need some volunteers for that for sure. <laughs> um, here's a teaching part um, for some of the older kids. And then this is now us in the gym. So I talked about doing the impossible. The week leading up to Easter Sunday, I told my wife, you know, after church on Easter, we just going to meet every, every week. We should go ahead and just do it. Um, we have uh, people on our team who own a wonderful gym, as you can see here, wonderful facility. And they said, hey, you guys can use our space for free. And so Rock Point donated some chairs to us. So every Sunday, I pack up 50 fold-out chairs in my Kia Telluride in a 32-inch TV, and we have service. This is what we do. In between Easter, Mother's Day, and Father's Day, this is exactly what we do. And it's gone from 20 to 25 to about 45 to 50 people. Remember, half of that is kids. 
We got a lot of kids, y'all. A lot of kids. Um, next, so here's some more. Well, this is our, our children's section at the gym when we meet together. Um, this was an event in, in May. My wife put on, a, I don't know what to call it, a, a retreat. I don't know what it was. But all I know is these women will die for my wife now. That's what I do know. Whatever she did, they will put their life on the line. And it was just a beautiful time for them to have that. After that, um, here was another HOA, HOA event that we participated with um, for their splash baths, inviting people to Mother's Day service. And then here was our Mother's Day service where this was kind of in the beginning, but we still had 111 people came to our service with 80 of those being either new or returners from Easter Sunday on Mother's Day. Mind you, we had our first baptism. Then we get our trailer. We finally have a trailer. We're using a trailer from Rock Point. We have an 18-foot trailer now um, that uh, one of our members, Dave Jones, who actually was a member here at Rock Point, they moved up by us and now are a part of Harvest Ministries. He helps us with the trailer here. And after the trailer, we have VBS. Um, We did four days of VBS where another church, Midway Church, helped us to put that on. Um, We had 88 kids register. 54 kids came throughout those four days, and 12 kids gave their life to Christ during VBS. God is on the move. And honestly, my daughter, my oldest daughter, Elena, she actually put her faith and trust in Jesus on that day at VBS. Now I'm going to show you a quick video of what VBS looked like. Harvest Ministry style. This is my wife, y'all, who's leading the charge with (laughs) the events. So with that, we're now preparing for our grand opening on August 13th. We will meet at the high school every single week starting on August 13th. And so I want to share now, I talked about why should you be a part. Now I want to talk about how you can be a part. I want to share a couple things as far as ways that people have helped us out, but also here are ways that you can help out as well. 
um, first, of course, we know Rock Point Church is supporting us um, financially, and there are people who are on staff who have done great things. We have uh, Pastor David Bellock from the Marriage Ministry who one day drove from Euless all the way up to Aubrey with sound equipment that somebody gave to us so he could get it to us before it rained on a Friday evening. Um, we have Alicia Worley in the children's ministry who prepared um, children's lessons and things for us as well so that we could have things for children. Tina and Esmond, who've come to help us out with prayer time and teaching in children's and also um, uh, coming to help with setup. Um, if anybody knows uh, Amy Koch, her daughter Kelly, she came up there with her boyfriend Tyler and they were out in the parking lot with signs saying, we love Jesus, come on inside. Like people just helped out in so many ways. And then we have a local church. I mentioned Midway Church helped us with VBS. They provided all of the equipment. They provided all of the lessons. All they said was get a building, we'll pay for it, and, we'll get you, and you get some volunteers. And that was a way for them to help us. And so for you to help us, honestly, the first thing is just pray for us. Pray for, um, pray for my family. Pray for our church, our community. Um, just pray for our area because the enemy is trying to come in and truly trying to take over with that. And we know that we need to rebuild the temple. That's what we're doing at Braswell. And we can have our Jerusalem in 380 so that we can truly reclaim that area in the name of Jesus. We are trying to do the impossible. And we pray that you, we pray, that you pray to God that we can now do the impossible. Um, secondly, you can financially support the ministry. Um, essentially, as a missionary, that's what I am as a lead pastor of the church. I'm doing this full-time vocationally. I rely on the support of others. So if it's in your heart to give to our church on a one-time basis, a recurring basis, it can be six months, 12 months, 24 months, whatever that looks like, um, truly, it would be a gift to us because now when people come into the church, one thing that happens in church is, oh, are you, you, know, are you here taking my money? And I'm just like, no, I've been raising support for myself. So when we got there, people were like, you've already raised your salary for at least the first year? I said, absolutely, because I want you to know that everything that comes into this church goes right back out from this church. That's the way that that works. Second is our, our meeting location. We're meeting at a high school, and this high school is fancy, and it is not cheap. Braswell High School is $875 a week. $3,500 a month and $42,000 a year. You're probably like, why are you there if it's that expensive? Well, 40% of new churches that meet in schools um, have, or, or most churches that meet in schools have a 40% higher attendance than churches that don't meet in schools. There's a 40% higher attendance rate than churches that don't meet in schools. Also, churches that meet in schools have a 15% higher self-sufficiency rate in the first three years than churches that don't. That means that churches that meet in schools, 15% higher rate that they will be self-sufficient, not depending upon any outside support within the first three years. It doesn't, it doesn't hurt that our school has a 7,000-seat stadium next to it that's on a four-lane highway that's about to be a six-lane highway as well. You can't miss it. And God's doing a wonderful work in that. Lastly is billboards. Um, billboards. People, you might have seen mailers in the, it come in the mail to you before about a new church or a new event. Well, mailer, I've done the numbers. $32,000 for us to reach 50,000 homes one time. I found a company that's allowed us to get two billboards right on 380, one mile from the high school we're meeting at, for $18,000 for six months. 50,000 cars drive up and down the road every day. So not only are we going to get the same reach, we're going to get it for six months as opposed to one time for almost half the price. And we can do it by just paying $3,000 a month for the next six months. 
So that's one way, another way to uh, provide financially. And there was a church that previously came to us and they told us, a, pre- a church that planted where we are previously and since they've, they've moved, they said that three out of every four people that came to their church when they first started came because they saw the billboard. Three out of four. So it's going to be a great way for us to bring people in. And lastly, you can join us temporarily or permanently, whether that's a week, that's a day, that's a few months, that's a year, whatever that looks like that God has placed on your heart to do. Um, we have now where we can go into the school and set up on Saturday evenings. So it's not even that you have to leave Rock Point Church, but you have a Saturday afternoon available from four to six. You can now come and help us to set up inside the school. And that way, Sunday, all we do is set up the outside and get ready for service on Sunday morning. Um, In children's ministry, it's no different than what you might be doing here at Rock Point if you're volunteering in that area. We have lessons, um, we have music, we have worship, we have all kinds of things, and we'd love for you to come and help us in that way to support us with children, especially the younger babies. Like, we just need help in that area. Also, on the AV and production team, um, any, any expertise in sound, if you are a, a singer, if you play an instrument, um, we just got our first person that plays keys and we have two singers, um, but we know we're going to need more to have a wonderful experience like, like what you guys see here today. And lastly, if you just want to just come and just be a greeter, hey, I can be out in the parking lot, whatever that is, you ain't even got to talk to too many folks just saying, hey, how you doing, whatever, like we would love for you to help us in that way. And so for you to just pray to give or to go. These are ways that you can now help and support us at Harvest Ministries. And our website is harvestministries.org if you want to learn more about us, find ways to help us. My email is info at harvestministries.org and I'd love to have a conversation with you. We can grab coffee, have lunch, whatever that looks like. But we would love for you to be a part about what God is doing in and through Harvest Ministries that has started right here at Rock Point. And it can come full circle and you can be a part of it as well. Um, so let me just share this last thing and then, and then the band will come back up. I know I'm sharing a lot about church planting, and it's the most evangelistic thing that we can do, or one of them. But it means nothing if we just truly do not share and know the gospel. We all have fallen short. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we know that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. So we have to accept Christ into our heart. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I pray that today is a day that you do just that. Know that you cannot do it on your own. Just as we cannot do it on our own, we are, we've been playing in a finite game for way too long. And today's the day that you can give your life to Christ and join the infinite game, a game that is not about re- losing all the resources. It's about getting towards glory and getting towards heaven. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Lord, you are doing such a mighty work, not just in Flower Mound, but you're doing it in Little Elm. You're doing it in Aubrey. You are doing it all around the Metroplex and beyond. I pray, God, that as we come to you today, as we share all that you are doing and bragging on truly what you are doing, because it is nothing that we can do in our own might and in our own strength. So we pray that you just continue to do a mighty work, that you see life transformation in Christ and stirring hearts for people to get saved and to get baptized so that they can become godly leaders in order to harvest ministries where they are. And that can be where they live, that can be where they work, and that can be where they play. So, Lord, thank you for allowing us just to be here today, allowing us to be in the midst of others who are striving to be more like you. And not just to be more like you, but to be better than what we have been in the past. Wash us clean, Lord. Make us new. And we pray this in your name. Amen.